A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Beating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Been very few times I've ever heard God be disarticulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 158. I am your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. Master's Dog is a podcast I do dealing with false teachers, false doctrine, false theology, just really bad stuff. So it started out as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted. So I started looking at, there was a podcast called Three Mormons, which became Saints Unscripted when, excuse me, the current prophet decided that Mormon was a, I've heard somebody say this, Mormon, to call a Mormon is a slur, um, which has never been in the past, but now suddenly it is. So take that as you will. Um, So they changed the name to Saints Unscripted and they began a segment of the podcast called Faith and Beliefs. They started with the eleven art or the thirteen articles of faith. They did eleven episodes dealing with those articles of faith, and so I wanted to respond to every one of them and show how the articles of faith, the LDS articles of faith, did not line up with biblical Christianity. Because this is kind of the, you know, it's like any church's statement of faith or whatever. This is a a clear cut, supposed to be a clear cut definition of what they believe. So I did all those episodes they did. I responded to, and then they continued on. So I made a commitment. I said, I'm going to respond to every one of these videos that they do, uh, as long as they do that. So as time went on, um, I also started looking at other things around like, you know, Joel Osteen and other false teachers. And I'm like, you know what? Some of these guys need to be dealt with as well. I don't want this just to be about Mormons and let them go. You're just bashing Mormons. I'm taking on all false theology, any bad teaching, stuff like that. So that's when the the podcast changed to the master's dog, putting in the, the quote based off of the quote from John Calvin at the beginning, a dog barks, even a dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet remain silent. So I took that, ran with it. I still respond to all of the faith and beliefs videos as much as I can. Um, and then I deal with other stuff as well. So, and that, and then the false teacher of the week came out of that and so on. I'll talk about that with the next uh, false teacher of the week episode. But, What happens with a few of these, um, and that's a little bit of background for the new people. Again, let me, let me address that. Thank you all for sharing, uh, liking, commenting on the videos that makes the algorithm send it out to more and more people who are likely to, uh, join us. So every word you throw in your comments 
shows up in a search engine. So when people start searching, they'll find your comment if you mention a word in there in these videos. So that can bring it up. So thank you for those of you who have done that, who have subscribed, all that stuff. I really, really appreciate you are helping to increase the number of subscribers, which over the last month we've had quite a few. So thank you again. Now, some of these videos, I've come to the point where I'm like, it's really just not worthwhile to take an entire episode to respond to something where they're just like dealing with known history or something like that. And so with those, I do something like this and I give you a screenshot of the video that they did and I say, this really just had a whole bunch of history, nothing that I would really refute except for the couple of comments about Book of Mormon, uh, Layman and Lemuel, uh, Lehi, you know, these things and mentioning the Book of Mormon and stuff like that. For the most part, all of this video, this Isaiah in context video and the following one, the Jeremiah in context video, were nothing more than a rehashing of the historical context of those things with, you know, a couple of mentions of the Book of Mormon characters thrown in. So my commentary on that, everything where they talked about the Book of Mormon, false. Bottom line, that's it. And you can go back to other episodes that we've done about the Book of Mormon showing that it is absolutely false to you know address that and so on. So those two episodes, I'm not going to devote an entire episode to. Today, this episode, I was really, really a little sketchy on whether or not I wanted to do an entire episode on this because again he's going to get into it and we'll comment on it this is just it's the deseret alphabet which was just a, a pet project that brigham young decided he wanted to do because apparently english is hard yes it is i agree so um but we're going to talk about that and there's a couple of things that kind of came to my mind as I watch this video, and again, it's been a while since I've watched it, so this is almost like a blind react. Uh, it's been, I mean, well over a month um, since I watched this video, if not longer. So I don't remember everything that he brings up in here. Um, so we'll just go with it as we do. And then there are a couple of things that I will share at the end, which were just kind of thoughts in my mind that I thought made it worthwhile to do an entire episode. So... Without further ado, let's let our friend David tell us about uh, Brigham Young's uh, failed uh, alphabet. Uh, maybe. Where's my sound? Hold on. Oh, there we go. That I find downright. Back up. Hey guys, Start we up. talk about a lot of controversial and heavy stuff in this segment of the show. There's that word again, heavy. But I wanted to lighten the mood a bit today and just talk about a piece of Latter-day Saint history that I find downright fascinating. We're going to talk about something called the Deseret Alphabet. Roll the intro. Hang on, hang on, stop. Go back a little bit. That's it, right there. This is an example of the Deseret Alphabet. We've got even more. A few frames back, keep going. This was really a thing for a while, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Keep rolling. Okay. Let's 
Let's deal with it. All right, so if you haven't noticed, English spelling isn't always the most consistent. For example, tear and tear have the same exact spelling, but different pronunciations. The word debt has a silent B in it. The S in debris is silent, but the S in hubris is not. And don't even get me started on the I before E except after C rule. I before E except after C, and when sounding like A as a neighbor in way. And on weekends and holidays and all throughout May, and you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. Well, as the saints were settling in Utah in the early 1850s, Brigham Young took notice of some of the oddities of written English and had an idea. As the pioneers set out to rebuild their civilization, what if they also reformed and simplified the English alphabet? On April 8, 1852, Brigham announced at General Conference, I have asked the Board of Regents of the University of Deseret to cast out from their system of education the present orthography and written form of our language. That when my children are taught the graphic sign for A, it may always represent that individual sound only. And when P is introduced into a word, let it not be silent as in physic or sound like F in physic and let two not be placed instead of one in apple. The result of this effort was an entirely new alphabet, which the Deseret... Okay, I just want to kind of figure why did it not sound like F in both of those words and not silent in either? Or was it silent in both and sounded... Okay. News reported had been completed by January 1854. The idea was that this new alphabet would make it easier for children and foreign immigrants to learn English. What, what are you, a psychologist? That would be psychologist. The P at the start is, is silent. Okay, can we take a brief? Brigham Young later said, Brethren who come here knowing nothing of the English language will find its acquisition greatly facilitated by means of this alphabet, by which all the sounds of the language can be represented and expressed with the greatest ease. It will also be very advantageous to our children. It will be the means of introducing uniformity in our or orthography, and the years that are now required to learn to read and spell can be devoted to other studies. The simplified alphabet would also make it easier to transcribe speeches in real time because you could write what was being said using fewer letters than our traditional alphabet. The alphabet formed by a committee of educators and churchmen is believed to have been largely the work of George D. Watts. George was the first Latter-day Saint convert in Great Britain. He helped out a lot with the creation of the Journal of Discourses. He knew how to write in Pittman shorthand, which very few people have the ability to translate today. Long story short, he was a good choice for this project. The creation of this new alphabet was not commanded by God. This was just a practical idea people thought would be helpful. But for better or worse, it completely flopped. There were a few pushes to use the new alphabet. Okay, so again, the fact that you've got a prophet saying this, and I guess he had to commission somebody to do it, but didn't do it. You have to now point out that this is not commanded by God, because if it's commanded by God, Nephi 3 verse, is it First Nephi 3, 7, I think, uh, I know the Lord will not give a commandment unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them to to achieve the thing that he has commanded. One of the first Book of Mormon verses I memorized, and obviously I don't remember it all that well anymore. But So, right, you have to bring this up. This thing flopped. So it could not have been commanded by God. Honestly, I, I, I wanted to, at one point I was going to look into it, because I vaguely remember something. It's been years, but so again, 
I've got to give David the benefit of the doubt that this was not commanded by God. But I thought there was something that this was something God told Brigham to do. Don't know. Can't say for sure. But that's maybe that's my Mandela effect, right, on the whole situation. Um, that I thought this was something that God had told him to do, but not really told him to do. Uh, but, again, this is what has to be done with this. Any of these things, they have to, you know, uh, disclaimer was commanded by God, wasn't commanded by God, blah, blah, even though some of the things that were commanded by God failed. So, flopped. There's still some stuff I want to talk about. We're going to, most of this, I'm just going to let it go. Interesting information, but not really pertinent. But it never really caught on. It was difficult and expensive to acquire materials, to teach it in schools. The people who were already literate in English didn't see the need to learn a new alphabet. And there were simply other things going on in Pioneer, Utah that were just bigger priorities. Like Bildschneid. Like what? Scaly, big antlers. You don't have those? Don't think so. The Deseret Alphabet pretty much died with Brigham Young in 1877, but before it went the way of all the earth, it did leave behind some artifacts for us to enjoy. Two elementary readers were published to help people learn the new alphabet. They published both a portion of the Book of Mormon intended to be a third reader, as well as the Book of Mormon as a whole. People wrote letters using the Deseret Alphabet. This guy's tombstone in Cedar City had some on it. It showed up in issues of the Deseret News. Some coins had it. If you happen to stumble across any of this stuff, hang on to it because items featuring the original Deseret Alphabet are worth a lot of money nowadays. Give me 50 bucks. I could get more than that on eBay. Now, to be clear, the Deseret Alphabet did not change the way English was spoken. This was just a new way of writing in English. And because each symbol represents one single sound, it's really not very difficult to pick up. For example, let's translate a few words together. All we have to do is match up the characters with the sounds they make in the key, and we're on our way. Here's the first word. This symbol makes the same sound as a regular B. This symbol makes an E sound, as in eat. Thus, the first word is B. Here are the characters for the next two words. When we match them up with their sounds, we get something like sure to, be sure to. Be sure to what? Next two words, drink your. Be sure to drink your. Last word, Ovaltine. A crummy commercial? And now you've done it. It takes some practice, but it's really quite doable if you're not afraid to sound like an idiot sounding it out loud like I just did. Sure to drink your. Wow, I wish I could speak whale. If you want to practice some more, I'll leave you some links in the YouTube description that will take you to the original Deseret Alphabet readers that the saints used. I'll also leave you some messages of my own there. If you want to make things easier for yourself, I also found a Deseret Alphabet translator online nice. that has been useful for me. I hope you find this as interesting as I do. It's something fun and unique you can bring up next time there's a lull in the dinner party conversation. So, um... Do you like cheese? Watch some of our other videos while you're here and have a great day. All right. So, a couple of things that came to mind when I watched this video and saw, you know, what was there. Here, here's, a, here's the problem. And again, I kind of alluded to it. Why would God let one of his prophets make himself look like an absolute fool in trying to do this and having it just 
completely flop. I mean, even in what we saw him translate, I mean, it doesn't make sense. If supposedly the A, the, the graphic representation of A was supposed to represent that letter, why do we have the uh, sound for S or sure as like a backwards D? Right? I mean, here again, I mean, it's just this, this weird thing that very much feels like, I'm amazed that David brought this up. This adds to your cultish history of the LDS church. So supposedly it's supposed to be for the kids and da da da. Brigham Young is bringing a group of people into a secluded area and he wants to disconnect. I mean, they wanted to, to disconnect from the United States at one point. They wanted to have nothing to do with the United States government because, of course, the United States government was coming after them for polygamy and stuff like that. So they wanted to, what better way to disassociate, to have, you know, um, communiques with one another than to form your own written language? Again, we had this in, you know, was it World War One, World War Two, with the wind talkers? You know, again, this was not written. It was Maybe what they did use a written language, but spoken completely unbreakable code, you know, through these these Navajo men who were code talkers on the radios. And so to keep from these uh, messages being intercepted by enemies, put in code. Well, no radio in Brigham's day. So all messages were written. So. Here, the, here is this guy. And now, again, I'm not saying this is absolutely why Brigham Young did it. But I'm saying this absolutely gives more of an impression of a cult-like, isolated, utopian society that wants to have nothing to do with anybody else. And so now they're creating their own code language, right? That only they can read, that only they can see. They can send letters. If, you know, if, if the, you know, the militia in different areas is they're sending things back to Latter-day Saints in Iowa or Ohio or Illinois or you know Missouri or any of these other places, New York, blah, blah, blah. It's coded. It's coded. You've got articles in their newspapers that nobody can read other than those people who have learned this writing of this language. It seems very cult-like. Does it not? I mean, this is, again, this is just my own opinion of this but it definitely does add to the cultish uh characteristics of the the situation of the day and so in that and then i also as i thought about it to say that it was reforming the writing of the language it just takes me back to brigham's delusions of grandeur and his you know desire to be this you know, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, Brigham Young was responsible for blood atonement and all of these different things, all of these different teachings that are not in, you know, LDS teachings today, the Adam God doctrine, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so here again, I, I can see that supposedly the Book of Mormon was written in the plates were reformed Egyptian, right? Which no self-respecting Hebrew would ever go, hey, let's reform the Egyptian language, the, the language of our oppressors. Let's reform that into something that we're going to use to write scripture rather than reform our own Hebrew language or something like that, right? 
there's this reformed thing going on. And Brigham is like, I can be like Abraham. I can be like, you know, these people or Lehi or whoever who came up with this reformed uh, Egyptian language, which I, I guess, you know, the, the, um, in the book of Abraham, in the Pearl of Great Price, the facsimiles are supposed to be in reformed Egyptian, which, so I guess that would be attributed to Abraham. And God forbid Abraham be more important than Brigham. And so he's going to reform the language as well. And that, those are just a couple of things that, that, that came up to me as I was watching this. And I'm like, let me just share a little bit. Let me just, again, there, take that as a, for a grain of salt, with a grain of salt. My opinion. Those are things that occurred to me as I watched this video. But again, here you have supposedly a prophet of God who is, you know, again, there's so many other things going on in the Utah Territory that are so much more important to deal with than, you know, creating a new written language, you know, things like Mountain Meadows Massacre and, and stuff like that. Um, cheap shot. Um, but why, why? Why bother? There had to have been a reason. I think I just gave you a couple of really good possibilities. So, again, take that for what it may. Hopefully this was helpful to you or at least entertaining as David wanted his to be. Um, you know, a little lighter in the, the mood. We're going to get into some deep stuff in the next couple of episodes. Uh, so, buckle up for whatever we got coming tomorrow. Uh, and, again, thank you. Now is a good time. If you liked the video, hit the like button, hit the share button. Leave me a comment. Tell me what you think about my crazy hypotheses on this. Um, let me know if you think I'm on the right track or if I'm just as crazy as apparently Brigham Young. So um, thank you again. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell. Get all the content that I release here on the uh, Evangelical Norm Network on YouTube. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. Till tomorrow, Soli Deo Gloria.